Hey, I'm not surprised, motherfuckers. <laughs> What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to the Quartet Santa podcast today. I'm Josh Shivanoff. He is the one and only Angel Ortega. A lot of stuff to talk about this week, as is always. Before we get into all the MMA and boxing stuff, I want to talk to you guys about Rogue Energy. Rogue Energy was founded in January 2017 to be the best game drink in the world. Built a premium stack at the form of delicious energy and focus drink. It is designed to place in all the can energy drinks, coffee, nutritional pre-workouts. Rogue Energy is sugar-free and is loaded with vitamins, antioxidants, and nootropics. They designed Rogue Energy for the emerging professional competitive gaming market and continues to have fantastic carryover and success. Students, athletes, entrepreneurs, and anyone lo- looking to optimize your mental physical performance. If you want 10% off your order, use the code SOUNDOFF at checkout. It's code SOUNDOFF at checkout for 10% off of all your energy needs. Last Saturday night from the UFC Apex in Las Vegas, the Ultimate Fighter finale. Obviously, we got to see the closing fights of the middleweight into the bantamweight tournament. But in the main event, we had some top-tier featherweights battling it out. Giga Chikazigaki defeating Edson Barboza via TKO in the third round. Angel, my guy. There's a lot to take away from this one. At the end of the day, uh, it was Giga coming out on top, kind of cementing his place as that uh, top-tier guy in the division. I saw he only moved up one spot in the rankings. But both of us picked Barboza going into this. How much has your perspective changed? On Giga moving forward as a potential title challenger for the division. I mean, he's definitely an interesting matchup to anybody, right? I think he has a lot of potential going forward. There's a there's a couple guys looking forward now after this win that I'm like, okay, I can see that. Um, let's see beating them. I think it was also a matchup thing, right? Because mm-hmm. afterwards, everybody was saying, you know, it he he didn't have to worry about the takedown. You know, for the first time ever, I think it was one of those times where he didn't worry, he didn't have to really worry about the takedown. So that alleviated the threat of him having to maybe be a little slower and uh, and feel more comfortable. And being on the back foot wasn't a discomfort. You know, for him, it was, it was if anything, it was more like, OK, I can set up now, you know, and that ended up being his success is actually him being on the back foot. He, you know, typically it would have been a negative thing for someone, but as someone who. Obviously, fights in the way he's, the style that he does, and in, in, in obviously in the traditionally in the, the kickboxing sport, you know, and and not having to worry about the takedown, he was able to do certain things that led to his victory and set up and counter, and uh, and even be uh, even be a little faster than normal. You know, he ended up having a little bit more speed than Barbosa, and I, and Barbosa isn't slow by any means, even his older age now. I mean, he still still has good attributes, and I thought he was doing good, man. I thought Barbosa was doing good things. And he was coming forward. He was the man in front until, obviously, Giga, you know, ended up landing, stringing his stuff together. And then it, once it turned to him, it was uh, it was all set from there. And even when it got to the ground that one time, you know, he was chasing submissions. So he showed a different level to his game. Obviously, he did it, and none of them ended up going through or any of them being deep. But he was still the threat on the ground that made it a, a different look, you know, and obviously – that's his future opponents know that that's that's there obviously who knows how good it is that's a different story but it's it's another look to that he can give out you know mm-hmm. yeah and ultimately i will say this much i was very much impressed with him especially down that down the stretch of the fight um obviously rounds one and two they weren't blow away giga rounds but i did think he took them 
And then round three, he just put it on him, dude. And Barboza is a guy that traditionally has been very, very tough. He's had a great chin. He didn't get put out here. Um, he got knocked down. I know he contested the stoppage for some reason, uh, but he he was gone, man. His legs were gone. Um, overall, I just thought it was a tremendous performance. You mentioned how there was no threat of the takedown there, and I still think it's going to be interesting seeing him moving forward once he does face a really good wrestler. Obviously, the last time that we saw a guy who did actually – I mean, obviously, Cub Swans is a good ground guy, but we never really saw a guy that had a really, really good wrestling background outside of Austin Springer who submitted him on the Contender Series. Shout and not to, not to downgrade Springer or anything. That doesn't – I mean, he's in the UFC now. Like, he he's a good guy in his own right. Um, and we've seen him evolve a lot, man. I mean, coming back from whenever he got to the UFC, back-to-back split decision against Brandon Davis and Jamal Emmers, and um, neither one of those guys are, are world beaters in the UFC. I know that Brandon Davis isn't even in the UFC, so we've seen him evolve a whole hell of a lot, so I'll give him props. He called out Max Holloway. And Angel, I got to ask, what are your thoughts on that as a potential matchup, maybe even next? Because obviously I know they're still looking to do Yair. Do you think maybe they should slide Yair out of there and put Gig in? Or what are your thoughts on that whole thing? Okay. As a next matchup, absolutely the fuck not. (laughs) But I'll tell you this. If I'm Dana and I'm and also if I'm Gig and I'm an opportunist, I'm like, hey, you know, Yair's been fucking up lately. If he falls out, I want to be on call. I, I I get that, but and it's no hate to the guy, but this is the best win of his career, and it's a great win, but this is his first best win. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Max Holloway has beat you know two world champs, has defended a title, you know, and has fought for a title multiple times now. He gets nowhere near that level right now. We're fighting him. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, for me, I think you kind of hit the, the, you know, you hit the point there. I think it should not be next. I do think that uh, Yair yeah, should still get that fight. However, if he does drop out, I think it'd make a whole hell of a lot of sense to slide in Giga. Um, I think that's a really bad matchup for him, though. I really think that's a bad matchup for him. Barbosa is not really known as a traditional push the pace guy. And he backed Giga up to the fence a couple of different times there, man. So very interesting to see what he would do against Max's pressure. But at the end of the day, Giga did get the win, did move up in the rankings, and kind of cemented his place as one of the top guys in the division, which was really surprising to me personally. I had a lot of high hopes for Barboza, but we'll see what happens with both of those guys moving forward. Angel, my guy, uh, co-main event, the middleweight tournament finale. Now, obviously, it's not the fight that we wanted, but it was the fight that we got. Gilbert Urbina. Brian Battle, Gilbert came out firing early. He took the fight on very, very short notice. He fought like it, nearly got the finish. In the end, Brian Battle survives, makes it to the second round, and gets the rear naked choke. What were your thoughts on that fight and just the whole uh, – now that now that we've closed out the whole Ultimate Fighter season, what are your thoughts on those middleweights and specifically Brian Battle moving forward? Uh, you know something? And he physically looked great. You know what I mean? I don't know if you, I don't know if you felt the same way. Mm-hmm. But going into that bout, I saw him in the octagon, and I was like, wow, he looks so much bigger than what he did during the whole season. I don't know if he had that same thought as I did, or I don't know if you noticed it at all. Yeah. He, he looked a lot bigger, a lot fuller. And even in the fight, he looked a lot more confident. He, he kind of almost felt like he knew who he was. You know what I mean? I know that sounds like a weird statement to make, but it, it almost seemed like – he was the most comfortable that he's ever been, at least. And 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 granted, we got a very short, uh, you know, 
amount of fights that he had on on tough and you know obviously not many rounds and uh, it, it was you know it's a smaller pool right and then finally now that he he got he got on the stage he got on the lights and granted it was against the opponent who was on short notice had already lost the fight had been knocked out not too long ago or i guess you know finished i shouldn't say put out cold and uh you know i felt like he looked probably the best out of any time i ever saw him in, in in the time we got him in the season, and and now that he fought in that fight, I thought he looked his best. That was probably the best version of Brian Battle that I saw, even in even in one fight that I saw that I looked up out of his prior to entering the show that he had at a, at a, at a, at a local promotion that was able to fight online. I thought he looked his best. Honestly, I think that might have been his peak performance, and obviously it makes sense, right? He's fighting for his UFC contract. He knows what is on the line. He's fighting a guy who's on short notice who's also so hungry. He could come out and has nothing to lose, and uh, like that is just absolutely what you want out of a guy when when they're kind of put in that situation. Mm. Yeah, and honestly, for me, I, I thought Brian Battle did look really good physically. I will say this much though, dude, Gilbert. I don't. I mean, it's it's tough to give a guy another UFC shot whenever he's lost back to back fights. Obviously, got knocked out in the finale. Got finished. Um, well, excuse me, he got knocked out in the in the house and again submitted in the finale. He wasn't even supposed to be there. It's hard to give the guy another shot. I would still like to see him get another shot. Dude. Um, he took this fight on very, very short notice. I thought he looked good. I think he's a good personality. Um, maybe maybe he'd get a shot at contender series or something else, but I, I, I'd like to see him get back. As for Brian Battle moving forward, dude looked really, really good. I think he does have a lot of promise to the division, but obviously we'll have to see. But, dude, my guy that I think has a lot more promise – and not not to skip on the on the middleweights, but at the same time, I feel like we both kind of conceded last week. I still think we could say this week that both those guys are not really the guys we look forward to. I think Trishon Gore was probably the clear favorite against either one of those guys had they fought again. But dude, the bantamweights, Ricky Tercios, pretty high stand, what fucking, fucking banger! Oh my and, god, and we called what it. a banger! We called it. We called it. The bantamweights were all bangers this season. Those those two guys had the best fights of the season. And it didn't. It didn't end. If anything, mm-hmm. I thought they should have been the co-main event. Personally, I thought they dropped the ball on that. I thought they should have been the co-main event if they were going to keep the tough guys as the as one of them being in the co-main or main or however they decided to do it. But yeah, oh, they, they absolutely, absolutely, they absolutely dropped dropped the ball on that. I mean, I look. I like Brian Battle, but I mean, Gilbert Ward's not supposed to be there. Brian Battle was not the most hyped guy. And I mean that that fight was good too. But dude, this is this is one of the all time like. Five years from now, we're going to go down at this fight. It's one of the all-time great, tough, like, final fights. You know what I mean? But by the way, um, before you continue, can I cut you off over there yeah, for one second? Yeah, something up. Did you listen to uh, Weighing In uh, after no, this fight? No, I'll be honest. I never listened to Weighing In. You never listened to Weighing In? Okay. So what after the, so at the they didn't watch Tough or anything, which, look, I get, right? Uh, and uh, they were kind of uh, – they kind of had their opinions about them being the co-main, right? Obviously, Brian and them, which – if they would have watched the season, I could have understood that right, and they and then maybe complaining it wasn't you know Brady or Ricky, because they they thought Kevin Lee and D. Ross should have had it. I also understood that completely right. I get that a lot too. And uh, a- after they were talking about the card, and they mentioned uh, I think it was Josh Thompson who brought it up. He was like you know uh, after after those really good fights you know after D. Rod and and whatever had happened before that all, you know all the people who are in the UFC signed right he's like you saw the level of fighting go down and the next fight was Brady versus Ricky and I was kind of like look 
and he and he was like, you know, he's like the reason a lot of people like Forrest Griffin and, and Stefan Bonner is because, you know, it was, it was just a slugfest, right? And it wasn't mm-hmm. extremely technical. And I'm like, look, let's be real. If you show all the fights that night to just, you know, the casual person, right? You're trying to get a new person into it. Yeah. They would have all picked Brady, Ricky as their favorite fight of the night. Can you agree with me on that? Oh, hands down. So, and, and then I was like, I didn't think it was... Like, they showed all aspects. I mean, there was grappling, there was striking, but it, they did end up, you know, they kind of fly out of the window, but I didn't think it was, uh, like, the lowest reduction of level in fighting, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, we're not on, you know, no disrespect, but we're not on Road FC, you know, or, or Shamrock <laughs> FC, you know what I mean? Like, where people are starting out, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, these these guys uh, got picked out for a reason, so I, I, I just want to put that out there a little bit, because I, I, I don't know, I, I, I disagreed with that. You know, and yeah. I kind of want to put my thoughts out in the universe about it. I don't know how you feel about that comment necessarily yourself. Uh, obviously, yeah, I'm, not, uh, I'm I'm kind of recording it, but uh, it, it just it, it run me a little bit the wrong way, especially since they didn't keep up with the season and they didn't have kind of any, you know, they didn't follow the guys. They didn't know their stories. They didn't know kind of anything about them outside of the a little bit they had already seen. And I'm sure they do know about these guys somewhat. Right. Obviously, they're in the fight game a lot. They know a lot about these guys who are young. Yeah. But uh I don't know. I just want to put that out there. Well, and I'll say this. I mean, you mentioned how they didn't follow it. Nobody really followed this whole season outside of us. I think we're really the only, I don't want to say the only media guys, but I'd say we're definitely the few and far between. We're part of that small group that actually followed this entire season. So I think we're ultimately biased. But I do think that's such a, um, that's a very poor comment to make. I, I truly think so. But, um, and obviously you're, you're only kind of quoting them. So I don't want to like, yeah, I'd probably have to listen to and even and even I said, you know, that I'm kind of recording it, so I might be yeah not saying it fully like how they did or how yeah. So did. so ultimately, I don't I don't want to speak too much out of it. But if what you're saying is completely accurate, that's a, that's a very poor comment to make. But as far as the fight itself, dude, just a tremendous fight. Um, and Ricky is a guy that we hyped up all season. I that we both kind of picked him to kind of be in that mix near the end of the season. He ends up winning the entire damn thing. I will say this much though: Did you think he won the fight? I know a lot of people. I did very... think he won the fight. No, oh, okay. without a doubt, I did not. No, there's like in the moment I do remember kind of, eh, and then I'm like, no, 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 no. I need. I had to be realistic. I'm like, I, I was like really thinking about it. I was like, no, but the, but I do understand why things cross your mind, but. Like we've talked about, just just as you get a takedown doesn't mean he should win the round. Yeah, I thought Ricky did more off his back, like in some of those situations. You know what I mean? He was, yeah, you know, he was the one trying to finish the fight. Brady wasn't trying to finish the fight in those mm-hmm. scenarios. So for that reason, I love to see. It. I love to see get the Ricky like get that decision just based yeah, off just, that. Just that justice, right? You know? Yeah, because I'm so tired of seeing these guys like they'll they'll take the fight to the ground. They'll they'll, they'll sit on them. The, the old Jake Shields technique of just sit on a guy for three rounds and you get the win. Um, so I love to see – obviously, there's a situation sometimes where this does happen. Where like the guy on the bottom, if, even if he's like – he'll work more. He still won't get the decision. It's very rare that they do, and this is one of those rare circumstances where it actually happened. So I'd love to see that. But, yeah, man, obviously super high on Ricky moving forward. I'm sure Brady's going to get another shot. Oh, yeah. I'm he's, sure, he's good. Yeah. Yeah, he won't get the, he won't obviously get the tough contract, which is like a one hundred thousand dollar deal or whatever. Um, but I'm sure Brady will get a shot. And dude, I loved Ricky's speech at the end. It truly did cap off a great season. And Dana said they're gonna run another season. It's not just it's not really? ending, man. Um, so that's Yay. that's awesome. But as far as the rest of the card, man, I know there's a couple of fights we can go ahead and just 
run down. Obviously, we talked about it last week, so we'll just go ahead and move. Normally, I ask for your opinion, but we'll just go ahead and move one down because I know you're going to bring it up anyway. Dana Rodriguez, man. Kevin Lee. What a... What a story, man. Not only – and it's it feels weird because obviously we're going to talk mostly about Kevin Lee and D-Rod's the guy got the big win. And honestly, like what, he has one, two losses now, and he's just – he's a tremendous prospect. Guys look phenomenal. Um, but Kevin Lee, man, is this it for him in the UFC? Do you think this, is this it for him? Because at a certain point, you got to call it. I believe this is his fourth loss in his last five fights or something along – something along – yeah, I'm correct. Four of his last five. Um, and he's faced very, very good competition. Two of those guys, one of those guys, the current champion, one is a former champion. The other guys are both in the top 15. But at what point is enough enough? Do you think that uh, after this loss to D-Rod, that's it for him? I don't know, man. I mean, ever since he got into the UFC, right, his kind of career has been nonstop fighting just fucking killers, dude. You know what I mean? Honestly. And... Uh, you know, if you look at his losses, right, it's it's all guys who are, who are great. You know, obviously D-Rod's kind of the first guy who's not ranked, right, who he's lost to, right? Um, for this Oliveira, obviously new champ, RDA, former champ, Ally Quinta fought for the title on short notice. <laughs> uh, you know, Tony Ferguson tried to fight for the title. Didn't former happen. interim champ. Former interim champ. Uh, Leonardo Santos, the fucking killer, you know, uh, you know, it, it's, it's been a heck of a career for him. I, I don't know what to decide to do with him. The, the, the thing is, it's like, like we said that the weight has been difficult for him, obviously, and finding kind of a comfort zone has been difficult for him. I think they should have really... I don't know. I think after the Oliveira, they should have really taken him back and try to, like, give him a fight of a guy outside the rankings. You know, a guy outside the rankings who's who's good, has potential, but Kevin Lee can maybe win. And kind of let him recover again. Because, I don't know, there, he's just not... Something's not right. And I remember against Oliveira, you picked him uh, back in uh, 2020 when that was going on, if I remember right, obviously before the pandemic, before everything. I remember watching that fight. That was actually one of the last fights I saw with my dad before he ended up moving out. And uh, I remember being a B- – I actually was at Buffalo Wild Wings, dude, and it's on the TV, and I see Charles Oliveira get to submission the guillotine, sink it in. Uh, obviously not a good, good memory for me, not a good one for Kevin Lee. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, dude, it, it's like – he has wins, man. He has names. It's just, it's for some reason something is just. He he is good enough to be in the UFC. He is a talented individual, but outside of that, for some reason, he's not able to keep them together. He's not able to straight the wings, and, and and I don't know exactly what what he's gonna do with his career. He's 28. He's at the prime of his career, right of his age. He, he has all the talents. He trains out of a great gym, but there's some imminent factor that's missing and is that is that is just preventing him from from being better and, it, and it's and i think the big thing comes back it's his conditioning right is it a weight thing you know and I, and I think a lot of times we bring up the weight and i even bring it up but it's like at this point is it the weight is it or is no. it or is it just you you know and uh obviously it hasn't always been his downfall in his fights but it's a, it, it is a, it is something there right mm-hmm. he has to do something I don't know what it is, but he he needs to really take a step back. And and if he has another fight or another two fights left out of his, out of his country, he needs to take a step back and be like, "What is my plan going forward?" 
because I've destroyed my record, you know, with, with the losses, right? Obviously, it's not a terrible record. I'm not going to – but he's, he mm-hmm. is an 18-7. and seven. Obviously, once you reach double-digit territory on losses, I mean, no one's ever going to tell you that's a beautiful record with mm-hmm. double losses unless you got a, a significant – amount of wins to compensate for the amount of losses you know unless you're reaching Olenek, you know 50 win status and 10 losses you know <laughs> you can maybe get away with it yeah but but he's 18 and 7 and uh you know depending how many more fights he has man i mean it it, it could look even worse you know if, if he doesn't end up performing like i said i, I don't i don't know what what he's going to do going forward I, I think he just needs to take a step back take a big break work on his conditioning come back get in a favorable matchup it's still competitive for him. Can still make him look good, and go and move forward while he still has time at 28 years of age. Mm-hmm. And look, ultimately, I think um, it's a tough thing. I know that we talked a lot about the weight, and I feel like the story of his career has always been the weight. And I will say this much: um, weight was not a factor this weekend. Um, and I think you could argue, yeah, he's probably the perfect guy for 165. I think that that's almost inarguable. But at a certain point, like at 155, dude, just lose some muscle and fight that there. Too. Or if you're going to move up, do it the right – do it the Dustin Poirier way. Put on muscle moving up from 145 to 155, just as an example. Whenever – if Kevin Lee would move up from 155 to 170, put on muscle, man. Get bigger. Your height, yeah, you're 5'9", but dude, there's guys at that height that are pretty damn good. Fuck, Kelvin Gaston is 5'9", 185, and he's a top contender in the division. You know Man, what I'm saying? He, like, he probably shouldn't be at 185, though, too. Yeah, no, you, yeah, but you see my point here. He fought for a title yeah, there yeah, at RDA, right. fought for a title at the, literally the same height. There's been cases here where there's guys around that height, so you can use that as an excuse. Now, granted, D-Rod, probably not the best guy. He's six He's six foot tall. He's fought at 185 before. Um, so maybe not the best guy to go up and make your – debut against or re-debut because i mean sean brady wasn't much of a favorable option either josh no no no. but let's be uh, realistic yeah so but ultimately i think d rod's a guy that like he's huge for the weight class sean brady's also pretty big for the weight class so i think there's not too many good options for him um but ultimately i think if you want to throw to that argument like yeah sure i think yeah fine he's big d rod's a big guy for the weight class i'll give you that but at a certain point it just becomes preparation um we have seen in so many fights now. I think the last time where Kevin Lee didn't gas out, obviously excluding the Gregor Gillespie fight because, you know, that was a one-round knockout. Um, the last time he didn't gas out was probably the Barboza fight, and that was three years ago. He gassed out in the Iquinta fight. He gassed out bad in the Dos Anjos fight. He gassed out bad in the Oliveira fight, and he gassed out bad here in a three-round fight. After round one, he was dead tired, man. Um, it's just so crazy because this is a guy that – I mean, he trains with TriStar, man. He trains with Faraz Zahabi. Like, he's – these are not – a lot of times whenever a guy has these issues, I'm like, oh, maybe you should change camps. You know what yeah. I mean? If a guy has these issues, these preparations, issues, but, like, train in fucking TriStar, my guy. Like, one of the top MMA gyms. Yeah. Um, so it's just strange. I'm not sure what the answer is. Do I think he should take a step down in competition? Yes. You can argue D-Rod is that step down, but also D-Rod's just a bad matchup. And the fact that he wasn't ranked before this – um is terrible i think it, it shows like he this is a guy that like his one loss in usc was the nicholas dalby and i think most people thought he won that fight um so d-rod should have been ranked before this but i think he should fight honestly a mike perry i think he should that's what they uh, said i think did he call him out 
Yeah, he said he would. He he added him on Twitter. He's like, "What are you doing in December?" Or something along those lines. I think well, you know, they should run that. Well, you know, I, I see. The thing is, I don't like that fight for Mike either, because Mike's kind of on that last run too, as well, where he's like, I'm "Pretty sure his last, next fight, the last one on his contract." Yeah. Unless they're unless they're both on their next last fight, and Dana's like, "Well, shit, this is gonna they're make both it close. easy." <laughs> well, I think no, I think Mike Perry actually came out and said, this, "My next fight is my last fight on my contract." Oh no, yeah, but I'm talking about Kevin Lee. I think he only has one or one or two more. Okay, yeah, which like I told you, if that is true, Dana's like, "Well, this makes it easy." <laughs> yeah. yeah. But yeah, ultimately, it's a tough one for Kevin Lee, but we'll see what happens there. I know Dana said that. Uh, they're going to look at what's next for him, whether it be here or not here, is, oh, was his wow. wording. So not good not good news for him, possibly coming. But as far as the rest of the card, man, what are some of the other fights you want to go and highlight? This is a very, very good card. Uh, let's go one down, right? I mean, let's, let's keep the, let's just, keep just, the rolling, right? Like, let's yeah. Just keep real. Uh, maybe we can keep going down for quite a while, by the way. Yeah, well, let's just do it. Andre Fedorowski defeating Malcolm Gilmore, Gilmore complete domination. I mean, no surprise, right? I mean, Josh, like we kind of said, this 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 kind of matchup was tailored to him. Obviously, they wanted, they really, you could tell they liked Andre, and obviously they wouldn't give Michael another chance. And mm-hmm. it was just a terrible matchup for Michael Gilmore, and it was a great matchup for Andre. And it, like you said, total domination, and ended up finishing it with ground and pound. Uh, I'm not surprised. I thought he would do it a little quicker, but uh, hey, man, he still got the win, and his conditioning got a little better. You could tell, so that was another good thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, just complete domination. Look, I feel bad for Michael Gilmore. This is a guy that, I mean, he came in short notice in a tough house. He got smashed, and then he got this chance against, obviously, against Andre, and he got smashed again. It, it, it sucks for him, but he's got the fight in the UFC twice, I suppose. Uh, but, dude, they, you can tell they like Andre a lot, and it makes sense. He's he had You can tell that he's he's very raw. Um, he's He's still only 30 years old. You can tell that the potential is there. He talks well. He looks good. His fights are fun. So I can see why they're giving him this shot. And he took full advantage of it. I'm sure he'll have another good fight. I'm sure they're going to build him slow. That's what I think. I think after tough, I think they're probably going to build this guy up slow. But we'll see what happens, dude. And we're just, just going to keep on moving on one down. Gerald Mealshart, man. One of the biggest upsets all the year. Um, just what an absolute badass this guy is, man. What an absolute badass. Mahmoud Muradov. What, what was his win streak? Something insane. Like Wasn't 12 it like, wins, something crazy. Like yeah, that. actually, I just read 13 wins in a row. Uh, Some of those, three of which were in the UC against guys like Alessio DeShero, Trevor Smith, Andrew Sanchez. So it's not like he's beaten bad competition here. But he had the proper buildup, though. You know, he did. The next, the next step was a Gerald Mershart. Yeah, and look, dude, just what an absolutely great performance of Gerald, man. Like, Gerald, he, he's not a top 15 guy. He's not a contender. I don't know if he ever will be, but I'll be goddamned if this dude does not get touch fights. This pretty much everybody that's on his Cosmont. Um, he gets a submission in the second round. Amazing performance by him. Um, he was hurt. I mean, yeah, he got hurt in that fight. He did. He had he's a, hurt. <laughs> he's hurt. He hurt him. But he did have a great comeback. He did have a great he, comeback. He did. I didn't think he was going to win that fight, especially because of the like. I I definitely picked against him going into it, and I definitely. Uh, and even in the fight as it was unfolding initially, I was like, yeah, okay, kind of, kind of going the way I'm thinking. And then ended up not, ended, didn't end up going the way I thought it did. And hey, man, that's good. There's a reason to keep guys around like Gerald Merchart, you know? And uh, I'm sure he's happy about that. Got a nice little win. I don't know if he got a bonus for that, but if he didn't, that sucks. But hey, man, you know, 
I'm sure he feels good after. I mean, what was his last fight? Was it was it the Hasbot or was it a different one? Probably. Uh, no, he he got a decision win over some guy's name I can't remember right now. Okay, good for him. Obviously, yeah, staying <laughs> active and two wins in a row now. So keep it yes. rolling, man. Keep it rolling. Keep it rolling. And might as well go another one more down. Um, and I think we can honestly do this for a while, but one more down, dude. Abdul Hazak Al Hassan, he got it back, man. He Finally. got it back into the win column after. All of the stuff that's that's gone on with him, obviously. God, <laughs> I have to I have to dance carefully around it, but obviously some legal stuff. Um, he ends up and legal stuff that he was found innocent of, I should say. You can go Google, Google it for yourself if you really know that badly. Um, and ultimately, he ended up losing three fights in a row after coming back. And at one point, before that, he looked like he was a, a honestly a title challenger, dude. He looked phenomenal. And then he finally gets one back, dude. This is his last shot, and he knocks out Alessio DeShiro. What a great story, man. What a great story. Unfortunately, Angel, I'm not sure if you caught this. This means the head kick curse has now passed on to him. Obviously, Walking Buckley got the knockout of the year. Um, and then, obviously, with the head kick, a phenomenal spinning head kick. And then Alessio DeShiro knocked him out with a head kick. And now it is now passed on to Abdul Hazak El Hassan. Whoever he fights next, bet the house on Abdul getting knocked out via head kick. That's all I got to say. But as far as the rest of the card goes, man, um, I know I'd I listed off a bunch of fights. What are some of the other ones, if any, that you feel like highlighting? For? Man, I mean, Josh, we got to talk about it, obviously, because we've had him on the show. Uh, it looks like the end of the Sam Alvey run, right? Finally, it should be. Maybe. Maybe Dana likes him. What more? I mean, has any news come out? Um, No news has come out, but from what I have heard... And Dana actually talked about this. He said, you know, this is a guy that will fight anybody. He will fight in multiple weight classes. He fights on short notice, so on and so forth. He thinks they might give him one more. Obviously, that's not confirmed. And honestly, he should have won by DQ anyway. Um, and, I, I mean, if he scored the 5-4, it would be the close fight near the end, too. So I, I could completely get it if he scored it for him either way. Um, I would like to see Sam Alvin get another shot. I know that stands that, like... A lot of people are mad about this. A lot of MMA guys, uh, analysts, and like people. I mean, he's been good cucked in some of his other fights. Let's be real, too. <laughs> yeah, that's it's part not, of the reason why it, I'm willing to give him more, like a longer leash. Like the Ryan Span fight, he arguably won that one. Dong Jung, I thought he absolutely won that one. Uh, the Marquez fight was a war, fight of the night. And this fight against Wilson Terman, that should have been a DQ. Like, can we be honest here? He poked him so many times. That not only one point was deducted, two points were deducted. And you could still argue he arguably should have won that fight anyway. Um, I had Sam winning the second round, so I actually scored a form. So it, I I honestly, I, he should be in the UFC. I think it's it's definitely just a very unfortunate run for him. At this point, I mean, let's remember, as much as he's a, he's memed on, as, long as, as much as people like to dunk on him, at one point, Sam Alvey was a top 15, top 12 guy. I mean, he had a really nice run there in 2016, 2017, where he beat guys like Eric Spicy, Kevin Casey, Alex Nicholson, Mark Ward, Rashad Evans, John Vellante, and so on and so forth. So it's just a very unfortunate run, man. But I, I, I mean, what do you think? Do you think he should be given one more? You know, uh, like if I'm looking at it from their perspective, and you know, if you really like Sam Alvey, I, I completely understand. I wouldn't have a big issue with him. Obviously, we we have a little bias, right? Because he came on our show. He was the first guy we ever had. You know, he gave us an opportunity and. 
he's a nice guy, dude. It, it is kind of hard to not like the dude, right? Yeah. And uh, that's the other thing too. Uh, with 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 the people you like, it's it's a bit difficult to sometimes be like, you know. But at the same time, it is. And, and the one, I guess, the one positive that we can say is, and, and this is not to like, kind of like, I I, I don't know, I, I can't think of the word right now, but uh, he's not getting obliterated, you know. The only bad loss in there was the, the Marquez one, right? Like, if we look back at him. Yeah, but that, was, that was a war. They both were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, both yeah they, were both go, they were both going for it. But, you know, if I'm, if that was the only one that was, that was like, out there, you know what I mean? It's not like he's getting fucking brutalized in these fights. That's I guess that's the one positive thing, too, you know? So you can give the man you, – you can give the man some room, you know? Yeah. And, you know, ultimately, it, it's it's tough, but – um, we'll see what happens. It looks like he'll get one more, so it is what it is. Um, as far as the card goes, man, Dustin Jacoby getting a nice win over Darren Stewart. J.J. Aldridge, she's getting a nice win. I, I don't know why. I've always been a fan of J.J. Aldridge. No particular reason, but I, I, I tend to enjoy her fights. Um, obviously, Pat Sabatini got a nice win over Jamal Emmers. Overall... Probably one of my favorite fight nights all year, man. This is a very, very fun card. If you didn't watch it because you didn't watch Tough, damn, you missed out, man. You really missed out. Bang um, but as far as the card goes, we got another one this weekend, my guy. Very, very interesting card. Not the deepest, but uh, there's a couple of fights there, man, that are fucking excellent on there. Obviously, UFC Fight Night 191, Brunson versus Hill, was originally set for the U.K., However, obviously, they went ahead and pushed it back to Vegas once again in the Apex. And ultimately, man, um, Derek Brunson, Darren Till, the top, I believe they're top five. I don't know if Till, Till is still in the top five, but somewhere around there um, at middleweight. Dude, this is a very this is a very big crossroads fight. A middleweight near the top. It's a very interesting place right now. Obviously, Whitaker Adesanya is next. After that, it is a complete fucking toss up. Obviously, Derek Brunson is on an amazing 4-5 run. Theodoro, Heinish, Shabazian, and Holland in those last two wins were just complete domination. Um, and he's trying to get that rematch with Adesanya, which honestly seemed impossible a couple of years ago. And then you got Darren Till. This is a guy that's been hyped up a lot um, throughout, honestly, his entire UFC run. He's still 18-3-1. He's lost three of his last four, but that doesn't tell the entire story, I think. Um, the Whitaker fight was very, very close. The Mosbital fight, he was winning until he wasn't. Uh, and then the Woodley fight, I mean, that's prime T. Wood, man. That's a bad man, or was a bad man. We'll get into that later. Um, and, yeah, man, it's just very interesting because I know that Adesanya's campus said they want to fight against Hill. And it honestly, it makes a lot of sense, and he's a huge star from the U.K. Angel, my guy, very big crossroads fight for both of these guys. Who do you got? Yeah, Darren Till be a very boring decision, if I'm being honest with you. I mean, very fucking boring decision. Really? Yeah. That's that's surprising. What do you? How do you think the fight's gonna go? And it's you say it's very very boring. What do you? Who do you think's gonna make it boring? You think it's gonna be Till point finding or Brunson just wrestling? And what, what do you think's gonna happen? I, I feel like okay, I, I'll put it like this. I feel like it could go either. Obviously, I think it could go either way. It's one of those fights that could go either way. And I feel like no matter what the decision will be boring. I think if it's either gonna be Derek Brunson wrestle fuck or Darren Till point fight. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Well, I, you know what's interesting about this is that Derek Brunson, his entire run recently has been all wrestling. Darren Brunson is a guy that is an extremely, extremely high level wrestler. Um, 
I mean, shit, dude, dude, in like one of his earliest UFC fights, out wrestled Yoel Romero until obviously he got finished in the third. Um, and we've seen him out wrestle a lot of guys recently. Darren Till has never really gone up against a wrestler of this caliber. T Wood obviously was an amazing wrestler, but that was all on the feet pretty much for the most part. Uh, Whitaker's a really good wrestler, and uh, Till had some success there, but you know what I mean? It was very back and forth. This first time he's going against a guy who's entirely going to wrestle him. Um, so for that reason, I've been very, very conflicted. I am going to also go Darren Till, man. I think this is a guy that's laser, like, razor focused right now. Um, I think you can make the case that he did beat Whitaker last time out. That was a very, very close fight. And if he won that one, he'd be getting a title shot right now. Um, I think this is a very, very close fight. There's so many different factors that go into it. I am going to pick Darren Till just very, very slightly, though. I think if it, if he does win, like you said, it is going to be a very, very boring affair. I think that um, we'll have to see what happens to him, man. It's very, very interesting. Also, the Kevin Holland clipping him, like, late, what was it, late in that fight didn't, like, give me any, like, I was like, if you're winning this fight this well, you shouldn't be getting clipped by Kevin Holland. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think I, I, I don't want to speculate, um, but it's possible that the reason why Brunson's going down this more wrestling focused mindset is because he's been getting he, there was a point in time where he was getting clipped and getting knocked out multiple times. Um, obviously, we know that Adesanya knocked him out. We know that Whitaker knocked him out. Um, Jacare knocked him out, and in that the was first. all. Just, That's yeah, all in the that, first. Yeah, yeah, and that was all just within a couple spans of a couple of fights. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if that's why he's going on a more wrestling-focused mindset. Obviously, I don't know for sure if he thinks his chin is gone or whatever. I'm sure he doesn't think that, but probably just to be more cautious. Um, but we'll see what happens, man. Very interesting fight. Co-main event, though, Tom Aspinall. The rare heavyweight prospect, Tom Aspinall, 28 years old. Dude has a couple of very nice wins under his belt. The, the main one being Andre Arvlovsky submitted him earlier this year. Uh, but he is does have two other wins in the UFC, both via the way of TKO. Taking on Sergei Spivak. Sergei Spivak, he's been a spoiler, man. He's very much been a spoiler. He's very underrated. He came into the UFC in 9-0, got fucking smashed by Walt Harris. Um, and it seemed like uh, the, he's kind of just being brought in to lose. In the end, dude, he's really turned around. He's really turned things around. He's won three of his last four after that Walt Harris loss. Submitted tied to Ivasa. He beat Carlos Felipe, and he beat Alexi Olenek, which is the highlight win of his career so far, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of factors going to this one one man. Both these guys, very young in their 20s. Uh, who do you got? Tom Aspinall. I think he has the higher ceiling. Sergey's coming in on shorter notice. I've never been really high on the guy. You know, he's obviously lost to two ranked guys before. Well, now ranked. Uh, I, mean, I don't know if Walt and, and Marston were ranked at the time. I don't think so. When those losses happen, and probably this his best win was probably that tie win. Uh, you know, and the guys he's beat are guys he should be beating. You know, if 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 with like if I think where he's at, you know, he's beat the Carlos Felipe as well the Jared Vanderas. The Olenek fight, well, yeah, he beat. I felt like he should have finished Olenek though. I think if 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 at the point that Olenek is in his career now, he, that's the kind of guy he should be beating and finishing, kind of making the statement out of. So especially now that he's coming in on shorter notice, fighting top of Tom Aspinall, who's looked fucking great and is now ranked and if it keeps running this trajectory i think tom aspinall should win this fight mm-hmm. and i actually i do agree with some of these there specifically that tom aspinall has a higher ceiling um circus is a very young guy and i've been actually very impressed with his evolution 
Um, he, like I said, he came into the UFC. I just thought he was a guy that I mean, he got annihilated. I think he had, I didn't think he had much potential at all. He's already turned it around, man. 13 and two, still only 26 years old. I am going to pick Tom Aspinall. I think he, I think he has a higher ceiling. Sergey Spivak, though, very high upset potential, dude. Very, very underrated guy. A lot of people keep on sleeping on him. I've been guilty of it as well. Um, but still, a guy with a lot of potential in his own right. As far as the rest of the card goes, though, what are some of the fights you want to go and highlight? I mean, Josh, I don't know how long it's been, but Khalil Roundtree's back at light heavyweight. Yeah. What that? I He fought earlier this year? I do not remember that fight, unless I don't want to remember it. You don't remember it. I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to remember it. I don't, I don't like talking about Khalil Roundtree because it makes me sad. This is a guy that came into the UFC, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go on my rant. He came into the UFC. He was 26 years old, right? He had all the power in the world. He looked so fucking good, man. Obviously, not coming out of tough because he, he lost his first two fights just via annihilation. But then he went on a four-fight run where he knocked out Paul Craig. He knocked out Gokan Saki. He lost to Johnny Walker, but at the time, Johnny Walker was like this huge prospect coming up. So, you know, it made sense. Um, and then he dominated Eric Anders. And it looked like this dude is a top 15, top 10 guy. He was still in his 20s at that time. And then he got murked by Ion Kute Laba, of all people. And the Marching Pracnio, who was like on the verge of getting cut, just he beat him. And it, and it was a completely terrible fight. And now he's taking on Madasas Bugakis. Um, and I want to say this is this should be a fight Khalil should win. But who knows, man? He should have beat Marching Pracnio. That, that, was, that was a fight that they were giving Khalil to knock Pracnio out of the UFC. And he didn't do anything. So who knows? I don't, I don't like talking about Khalil. But... It just makes me sad, honestly. But, you know, it is what it is. But moving down to fights that actually I'm very excited for. Guys, I want to talk about. Patty oh, Blimblin, yeah. man. Finally. Making his debut after years of anticipation. He got offered UFC contracts in 2016 and 2018. He turned him down because he thought he needed more seasoning. And, dude, I think that uh, he's shown that it, it's it's time, man. He's 26 years old. He's making his de- debut against Luigi Vingermini. Not a bad guy at all, but still very much we know his level. Um, is a kind of a, a top 30 guy, not necessarily top 15. Probably won't ever get there. Um, but still, he, he is a young guy in his own right. Still only 25, 9-2 record. Lost his last fight. And dude, what are your expectations for Patty Pumba? Not only in this fight, but moving forward in the UFC. I mean, in this fight, man, I'm I'm expecting fireworks. I mean, he's he has all the hype. He has, you know, he has everything, you know, right now. He has he has all the hi- a lot of pressure, right? But I think he has to, he has to come out here and perform, man. That's the big thing for me. He has to come out here and perform. They give him a, you know, let's be honest, a kind of a favorable matchup. Still a tough dude, right? You know, obviously it's not going to be easy, but uh, you know, they they you can tell what kind of direction they want this kid to go, right? Sixteen three, he'll be seventeen and three after this. Twenty six years old, prime of his life right now. I mean, they they're really setting him up for greatness. You know, they really want him to succeed and, and obviously have a long career. And he has a, you know he has a decently high ceiling. I don't think he's nowhere near the best that he can be. And obviously he's gonna get the toughest and hardest fights of his career. And he didn't come earlier because you know he, he like you said he wanted the time. He wanted to get fully ready. And I think this is probably the most prepared a guy has come into the UFC outside of Yuri Prasaka, who's who's out like been out you know outwardly spoken about. It, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. that i can think of off the top of my head so uh 
That's what I'm telling you. There, there's a certain expectation, and I want to, I want to see if he meets it this Saturday morning for us. Mm-hmm. I guess it'd be actually afternoon or evening whenever the card starts. Yeah. And honestly, man, I mean, I've been, I'm still very conflicted on my feelings for Patty Plimbent. Uh He's still only 26, but he's still very. He's still very raw, particularly in the striking and also in the takedowns. His jiu-jitsu is phenomenal. No, don't get me wrong. But how he gets to fight there is one of those things that I'm glad they're giving him this guy to kind of figure it out. You know what I mean? Um, we'll see what happens, though. As far as the rest of the card, man, uh, Alex Perez is back. Machinelle, that should be a banger. Very, very underrated fight there. Very excited for that one. Uh, Jack Shores on the prelims. Molly McCann, G on Kim should be a lot of fun. Uh, there's a couple of fights here. It's definitely way weaker than last week. Wait, I thought Axe Perez Max Chanel fell out. Um, unless Wikipedia has not been updated. I don't think let it me has. Just, let me see. No, they they fell out of last week. They're supposed to be on last week. They got pushed to this week. They're on. Okay, they're on for this week. Okay. Yeah, they're still on apparently. Yeah, that's, um, that's a good fight. That is a very good fight. Alex Perez, I'm a big fan of that kid. Like I said, I his title shot really went poorly, which sucked, but um, he's still only 29, and he's still one of those rare guys at flyweight that always brings it, has a lot of power, has good submission. So we'll see what happens there, man. Very, very hyped for that kid. And Matt Schnell's a good guy in his own right. But we'll see what happens to him. We'll see what happens overall. Like I said, very uh, – not a weak card, just not as good as last week. But obviously, we'll see what happens, man. Alex Morono, like I said, I mentioned him earlier. That should be fun. And then obviously the the, the low key banger on the card: Charles Jordan, Julian Rosa on the early prelims. That is a fucking phenomenal fight, man. That is an amazing fight. So very much looking forward to that one. But Angel, so it's time. We have mm-hmm. um, normally for these big cards. Recently, we've been watching them together. We've been chilling. I did not see this one with you, so I don't know your thoughts going into this, but let's get into it. Let's crack into it, dude. It's it's the talk of the MMA in the boxing world. Jake Paul, Tyron Woodley. It happened. Or is um, everybody pay- call them Tyrone? Ed, dude, so many people call them Tyrone. Tyron. Tyron. Tyrone. Well, you, know, you know, it's funny. I also heard it's, he wasn't the only one getting his name messed up, but Jacob was also called Logan multiple times. Multiple times, yeah. Dude, actually, didn't the Barstool guys call him? Logan, like on the I, live they, show, they may have. I'm pretty sure they did. They didn't know shit. Were they over? Or I don't know how many. I can't remember how many fights. They were over seven. I love the Barstool guys, but they should not have been there. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm pretty sure they were only there because conveniently they had done rough and rowdy, rough and rowdy, like two days before, or day before. Which, by the way, it was awesome. <laughs> I love rough and rowdy. But shout out to Spring Patty. <laughs> shout out Patty. You'd get in the dub. Uh, he's up next for Jake. Just saying it. But Jacob <laughs> Sanchez, come on, bro. Come on, dude. we'll get into that. We'll get into that later. Um, but dude, uh, at the end of the night, obviously it was a phenomenal card. It was very, very fun. Um, we had a couple, we had a war between Montana Love and Ivan Baracek. Dan Dubois got a nice knockout. Amanda Serrano and a douchebag coach got a win. Um, Tommy Fury defeated Anthony Taylor, which we'll probably talk about like after this fight. Um, but Jake Paul, Tom Willie, it's whatever he came for. I've been hearing rumors that they did massive amounts of pay-per-view buys for this main event, but as for the fight itself, I mean, Jake Paul, split decision win. Uh, he, uh, early rounds, specifically one through three, staying on his bike, land, trying to go to the jab to the body, trying to land combinations. Not a whole lot was landing, but he was the more active guy. Um, 
Round four, though, in the latter rounds, Tyron Woodley pushed up the pressure. So, like round four and five, he nearly finished him in round four. Uh, a knockdown was not called, but it should have been after he knocked him into the ropes of the right hand uh, and had, like T Wood said, if the ropes had not been seven foot two, he would have been down. Um, he continued that pressure in round five. After that, though, he kind of put off the pressure again until round eight. And uh, those middle rounds, which is where all the divisiveness comes from, six and seven. Um, that's generally where both guys, Jake was very, very, he was a lot, he was, he was dead tired, but he was still throwing more than Woodley. Woodley was landing the more accurate shots, I thought, but ultimately it comes down to this. Did you think Jake Paul won? And what were your thoughts on the fight as a whole? I absolutely thought Jake won, dude. <laughs> really? Yeah. Let's just specifically go, go into, go into, give me a bit more than that. Go, go and kind of go into like your thoughts and his performance, specifically what rounds and so on and so forth. Uh, fuck, man. The main rounds of Silver Woodley were they, they were the middle rounds. Was it three and four? I could be wrong. I believe it, I believe it was, it was four and five. Although three was close. I've seen or, or, or was it four, or was it four and five? I mean, there's obviously the arguable four rounds. Four and five were the clear rounds. There, were, there, there was undisputed rounds. I know there was like two undisputed rounds in there. From there, I thought Jake took the rest. Oh, okay. By the way, I saw a, at one point, as you know, Big John had it, by the way, had it 5-1 at one point, just so you know. Yeah. So there has been a lot of variety for uh, for scorecards, but uh, those were the clear-cut ones. Obviously, there's the, the arguable ones in there, but I thought I thought Jake went to fight. They, I, I think if you want to argue that, you're just playing yourself. Well, then I must be playing myself. I think you're playing yourself, Josh. Because I'm, I'm not going to say Tar really won the fight because he did not. Okay. He did not win the fight. At he did all. not win the fight. No. He completely. He sh- and it's funny enough. You talked about it. Um, Tyron, you get, you kept on saying something that annoyed you in the lead up was people saying Tyron Woodley should win this fight. Tyron Woodley should have won that fight. In the end, it turned out. Um, he completely. He he should. He could have knocked him out in round four. If you want to argue that Jake got saved by the bell because he sh- the knockdown would have been called like what thirty five seconds. If you want to argue, fine. Jake got saved. He should have finished him in round five, six, or seven. Because well, actually not seven. Because Jake, I'll, I'll give Jake credit. He got a he got a second wind in round seven. That's pretty. Um, that was pretty legit though. Especially that was legit. for, for, for first first eight round fight. That's pretty legit. Like I had to give the kid credit on that. The kid was dead tired in round five five and six though. He was dead tired. Stayed um, fucking in it though, dude. I don't know he how. He stayed in it, and I'll give him credit. Here's the thing: I scored it a draw. Um, I also could have seen that. But I need to go back. It's and not. It's it. not an egregious draw. I won't. I won't. Like I had no problem with Jake winning. I would have had a problem with Tyron winning, um, specifically because like I'm stretching here to give. Here's the thing. Um, I watched this fight two times. I watched it once the night of, and I was too hyped to really. I thought in my head like, <laughs> I was like too hyped because I was like, like I worked the next day. I'm like I sh- I was trying to like not get that into it, but I literally got up and started walking around my apartment because I was so hyped up. You know what I mean? Um, because I had so much anxious energy, bro. Um, in the end, I gave one through three all to Jake, round four and five to Woodley. Um, and then I believe I gave six to Woodley as well, as well as round eight, and I gave round seven to Jake. Now, I rewatched it, uh, yesterday and I had the same opinion. Um, I will say this much though if there, there's, there's two ends of the spectrum. If you gave Tara Woodley one round, which is a very popular thing I saw. Some people are saying he only won round four. You're a dumbass. I'll just say it. I saw some MMA guys. Not going to not gonna throw them out there. 
You're call him out. No, no. I'm not going to call him out because I don't want to burn any bridges. If Obviously, it doesn't matter. This is a boxing fight between a 3-0 and guy versus an 0-0 guy. It doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things. But I'm glad you're not I'm glad you're not a judge because I thought round 8 and 5 specifically were very clear Woodley rounds. Um, specifically, like, like I said, round 4 is clear. Round 5 and 8 were less clear, but I still thought they were clear Woodley rounds. And if you're telling me you can't – here's my explanation really down to its core – Round four, clear Woodley round. Round five and eight, clear Woodley round. I'm sh- absolutely sure you can find one other round in there. For me, I gave it to round six, but round three was also close. Round seven was also close. So that's ultimately how I had it as a draw. Um, and that's why I don't also have an issue with one judge giving the fight to Woodley. Because um, obviously it didn't it didn't matter because Woodley didn't win. But I'm sure you could absolutely find some more rounds in there for him. So it is what it is. Um, I'll give Jake credit, though, man. And I think part of it is that I'm disappointed with Jake's performance in the attribute of I expected him to go out there and probably win via finish. And I thought he had he to really, win via finish. I, I didn't know if he was going to finish Woodley, though. I, was, I, I honestly thought, like, there was a possibility for it. But I thought people were kind of psyching themselves out expecting a finish. Well, here's, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you, Angel. But now, but now the fight's over. I was putting all of my negative energy of Josh constantly picking guys that lose into picking Jake Paul to win. I was putting all that energy towards there because honestly, I was never, I wasn't entirely sure. I picked him via finish and I thought that's the most likely outcome, but part of me is also just trying to do the MMA God psych him out by having, <laughs> by putting all my negative energy towards oh, it. Oh, boxing don't work like that, bro. You it know. don't, it don't. But at the end of the day, man, I mean, I, a part of me was a little bit disappointed with Jake's performance to the attribute of he, he won, but Part of it is just because, like, he's fighting a guy that has never boxed before. He has arthritis in his hands, so on and so forth. I thought he should have had a more decisive win. Um, yeah, he won on he won via split decision. It's still a win's a win's a win a win. You know what I mean? Um, I was kind of disappointed though, so I think that's partly like. But at the end of the day, he won, so the trend keeps on moving, man. Um, I know, dude. He psyched us out for one day, and I'm like, yeah, I know, I know he's gonna come back the next day with. Oh, and the contract is signed, boys. Yeah, he's a real nation. he's a real fighter now. He's he's just, he's a real fighter now, not based on the Woodley fight where he had to come back from adversity, but the whole doing retirement thing. He's a real fighter, bro. Yeah. He, <laughs> um, he went through the whole org. I'll I'll throw this to you. There's a lot of different fights that can happen now. Obviously, Jake Paul. They had uh, a rematch clause in the agreement. By the way, let's go and tackle this right now. The fight wasn't rigged. I feel like I have to say this, and I we said this after the Askin fight too. Man, if this, you thought this the is fight, too, this is so ridiculous. It's if, but I have to address it because I feel like we have some sort of obligation to do this. If you thought the fight was rigged, you have either you are a blinded by your hatred for Jake Paul, or b you're just a dumbass. Um, because Tyron literally has the nickname of the Frozen One because he doesn't throw punches. Like whenever Tyron put him on Queer Street in round four, and I knew he, and whenever he didn't get the finish going into round five, I'm like, oh yeah, that's done then. Because one of two things happens with Tyron, and it's mostly the second one. But whenever he hurts a guy, either he goes full out for the finish, or he does nothing. And nowadays he does nothing. So I saw people that post like the clip of Tyron hurting him and not going after him. I'm like, bro, that's just Tyron Woodley. Like, <laughs> was, I was about to say, you must have not seen Tyron Woodley's, like, last five fights. <laughs> exactly. That's literally just – that's just him now. Like, you're asking him to go, to go do something that he does not do anymore. So, no, the fight's not rigged. 
Um, is it rigged? Like my, I, we were talking off air about this. It's no more rigged than your normal boxing match in the attribute of than any big boxing match, I should say. You know what I mean? Um, because sure, it's rigged in the attribute of if you go, if it goes to the cards, 99% of the time, Jake Paul is going to win regardless of what Woodley did. Like the referee is probably going to allow for more leniency on Jake Paul's side of things. We saw that in the Asker fight, like whenever the, whenever the fight got stopped after one knockdown and it looked questionable and so on and so forth. It, that's just how boxing is though. By the way, like, Ross Hobby didn't have an issue with that. Just so you know. I no, no, no. And I, 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 I personally <laughs> did, but I, I didn't, I didn't care either way. Um, it wasn't a huge issue, but you know what I'm saying here. Like, it's the same thing that goes for Canelo. Like, Canelo is never going to lose the closest decision. Floyd's never going to lose the closest decision. So on and so forth. Um, and obviously, Jake Paul's not on that level, but like, he's Showtime's guy. So Showtime, who goes and hires, like they they give money to the athletic commission, and they're the ones who hire the referees, and they're the ones who hire the judges. They're going to be swayed to sport in favor of the Showtime guy. So more potential paydays can go to the athletic commission in the state of Ohio, so on and so forth. It's rigged through that aspect. That's not rigging. That's just boxing. If you don't like that, you don't like boxing. But I'll go in now that we're past that part of it. A lot of potential opponents. It's a four-fight deal. Jake said he might take some time off, but who knows? Um, there's talk of a Woodley rematch. There's talk of a Tommy Fury fight. There's talk of a bunch of shit. What do you think is next for Jake Paul? And what do you want to be next for Jake Paul? I mean, I, I just don't want it to stop, man. Like if he, like I, like I told you, I want the steady climb. I don't, I don't care if he pulls another guy from the MMA world who's a little older, you know. Like it's as long as they're, as long as they're getting younger, you know. Like it's, it's progressively they get younger and they get to his age. Like at some point, I don't have an issue with it. Uh, I'll tell you this though. Tommy Fury ended up. Kind of disappointing me. Like, we didn't get into the Tommy Fury one. I know we're kind of sipping into. We're yeah. kind of talking about what's next for him. But um, the only reason I'm bringing him up is because he was a, he's a potential opponent. He he was probably for that, and it's crazy for not a very big card, and for being what could be considered the legitimate boxer on that card, right? One of the uh, legitimate boxers. For my for my money, had the least impressive performance. I don't know if you'd agree with me on that, but I felt that way. Um. It's okay. Here's the thing. I think it's twofold. I think it's disappointing the attribute that I think if this fight actually win, it was just scheduled for six. But yeah. then there was like some weird shit with the commission. It got pushed down to four. Had it gone to six, I think Tommy Fury would have gotten the knockdown. And I don't think the knockout, I don't think we'd be having this conversation. True. I, but, but it's also the fact that I heard it was also like a thing of his camp wanting to change it to four rounds rather than keeping it at six. I don't know if that's true. What I heard from the commission. Not from what I heard, but what I heard was said by the commission was that there was some issue with the English commission, specifically his boxing license, and that's why I got put down to six. But it doesn't – the point being, though, I actually wasn't that surprised because I, I know Anthony Taylor. I know, um, but still, was, but still, though, I think yeah. if you are a, you know, a prospect, you're this, this guy from this kind of bloodline, right, there's an expectation. You did not meet that expectation. Mm-hmm. For sure. Especially a guy in Anthony Pretty Boy Taylor. It would have been different if Anthony Pretty Boy Taylor had, you know, maybe, he had the Clay Collard, right? He had done a couple, you know, matches, right? Beat a couple yeah. decent young guys. And it was just ma- a massive, you know, size, just, you know, difference. And he went out there and was able to go, but they get, you know, whatever, right? It would have been a completely different story. My thing is, though, he should have finished Anthony Pretty Boy Taylor four rounds. Mm-hmm. Let's be real. Like, you, you can't argue that with me. <clears throat> No, no, I'm not going to argue with that. That's what I'm saying. I'm, also, disapp- 
I'm disappointed in the performance because yeah. I thought out of all the guys there, especially him being the most legitimate guy, he had the least impressive performance. I'll give you that. I'll, I will give you that. I think yeah, you had to be you had to be honest with yourself, man. Because no, 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 I know, and yeah. I am I am being honest, but I'm saying like. In terms, like it's disappointing through that lens, but also I expected it to be kind of a scrappy fight because I figured Anthony was gonna come out being awkward, oh, yeah. and I figured it was it was gonna be like that the entire time. So I was disappointed in the attribute that it wasn't more decisive. I thought at the very least he should have got a knockdown, but I wasn't particularly like, oh damn, what did like what? Oh man, so just like no, I didn't have that thought process at all. I thought that it was gonna be a rougher fight than most people thought. Should have could have gotten the knockdown at the very least. Yes, 100% though. I'll give you that. Yeah, no, it, but that that ended up disappointing me. It didn't really hype me up for a, a potential Jake fight either, which ended up breaking my heart. Yeah, and I think had he have gotten the knockout, storyline was right there. I mean, Jake Paul and Anthony Taylor are their sparring partners, their training partners, um, their buds. You know what I mean? Like it, it was the perfect storyline, and Tommy Fury kind of fucked it up by not getting the knockout. And now there's all these questions. You know what I mean? Um. As for what could be next, if you had to bet, like, if you had to bet on what would be next, what is your next opponent for Jake Paul? Let's say you actually, fuck that, you're the management for Jake Paul. What is next? You know, it's this, this, this is kind of, this is kind of out there. But, and, and I don't know how you feel about this, but if Anderson Silva wins against Tito Ortiz, I think that'd be his toughest fight. And if he were to win that, he could say, I'd be Anderson Silva, one of the greatest Tigers to ever fight in the UFC. Mm-hmm. Obviously, and, it, and, it, and he'd be fighting a guy who's, who, who is now fighting in his old promotion, right, with Triller. He'd be able to bring Silva to Showtime. Silva would get a big payday. You know, everybody in the MMA community would be behind Silva. They're like, finally, they got a striker. You know, they're, they're, they they could sell me on it. The guy that that is Jake's size. The guy so that's so. that's Jake's size who fights at the weight class, who beat a legitimate boxer at his age. You know, who's actually bought into the standard of people a real boxer and won. I mean, it's there for him. Mm-hmm. You know, but it would be his hardest fight. You know what, man? Um, and, he, and even harder than Woodley. I think that fight, I would love to see it. However, I think there is no chance for that one to happen. I think Jake Paul's team has done a very amazing job in building him up. I'm not sure who his manager is, but goddamn, they have done a phenomenal job. Obviously, he fought Gibb in what's the step up from Gibb as a YouTube boxer. A good athletic guy, Nate Robinson. Who's next up from a good athletic guy? A former MMA fighter who has the name but is completely shit at striking. Like Ben Askren is legitimately the worst striker within the last – like I'd put some of those guys from UFC 1 over him. You know what I mean? Um, what's the next up from that? A guy who has a good highlight reel but is not a boxer and is like five years past his prime. And that's Woodley. Who's the next up for, step up from that? It could be Anderson Silva. But I think his team needs to look long and hard about that because here's the reality. If there was anybody even a modder come better than Tyra Woodley in there on Saturday night, they would have fucked Jake Paul up. And I think his team has to be aware of that. If they throw in Anderson Silva with them, Anderson will beat that ass, man. And here's the thing. It's like if he – if here's the thing. That, that honestly, it makes a lot of sense but also makes no sense through that lens because I think he clearly loses to Anderson. 
he's much different than a lot of the guys he's fought. Jake, here's the thing, like against Woodley, like you can argue like he, Woodley has the experience of Ange, so on and so forth, blah, 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 power advantage, blah, blah, blah. Jake at the very least is a lot bigger than him. Anderson will have height on Jake Paul. He might have weight on Jake Paul. He's the more accomplished boxer. Like Jake Paul is younger, but like at a certain point, that doesn't really matter. Like he just, Anderson Silva just boxed circles around a former world champion. I ah, fuck, dude. I think Cooler Caesar Chavez Jr. makes more sense for Jake Paul next. Ah, uh, come on, Josh. I'm being I'm being dead serious. Like Anderson. I makes, heard someone throw that out there, but I was like, come on, no. Like Jake Paul makes like that fight. Anderson Silva makes sense, but like at the same time, it doesn't make sense, dude. Because what happens if he loses? And that's like the most likely thing is Jake oh, Paul yeah. to lose against Anderson. But, I'm, but like, I'm saying as far as like the repertoire of what they've done, it almost it makes some sense. But, you know, I like we talked about the natural progression. Realistically, though, out of the people we have now, what is the natural progression after Tyrone Woodley? Though? Uh, I think it may be Woodley again. You think he fights Woodley again? He very well may. Here's the thing. I don't I don't know if people want to see the Woodley fight again, though. That's the thing. What do you think? It's like people. It's meant to be say like people aren't gonna watch. I think that we're learning. Very people quickly. will watch it. People will watch it. Don't get me wrong. About that, that. that people are gonna watch it regardless. People watch Ben Askren box, bro. Yeah, I know that. It doesn't but matter. You know, but you Paul know what I mean. I don't know if people legit like I, like like you said. People will watch it, but I don't know if people really want it. You know what I mean? I don't know how much. I think if we run it back again, it won't get the mm-hmm. same kind of traction it did the first time. Probably not, but I also think it's important to go ahead and recognize here that it's entirely possible that this next fight they're going to use for Jake Paul, this was the big test. The next one could be a layup. So whoever yeah. fights next could be a complete layup, or what they can do is they you have think this, they could do another YouTuber. Sto- it could be, but they have this storyline going already with Jake Paul and Tyler Woodley, where it was a close fight. Jake Paul could take that fight again, maybe in like six months from now. Now you can argue like, oh yeah, I have more experience. I know what it's like in there. And he goes out there, and he goes out and knocks out Tyron Woodley, a guy who gave him a tough fight before, and now hype train is through the roof. So I could see that being like, oh, yeah, so people are going to be less excited for the Woodley rematch, but guess what happens when he knocks out Tyron Woodley the second time around? You know what I mean? Even more of a hype train. Now he has more access to guys, and we can argue for better matchups. I think they may take this second fight to just, like, do a layup. Not so, And Woodley wouldn't be a layup, obviously, but, like, to go out there, and Jake knows he can beat him. It'd still do really good numbers, and they already have Woodley under contract with Showtime. So I think it makes a lot of sense from that lens. But if they move if, on from Woodley, let's just assume they move on from Woodley. Yeah, let's assume. It's a, let's assume. It's it's got to be Tommy Fury, I guess, which is kind of lame. That's a hard fight, though. I think he loses it. But he should probably lose it. But Tommy already has a two fight deal with Showtime, so it makes all the sense in the world. Maybe, maybe they think. And I, you know something though. They look. I'll put it like this. I think if he, they he would have had a good performance, a, a great, a, a way better performance. I, I think he had a good performance for what it was. But I'm talking an even better performance against Woodley. I think they would have been like, okay, you're ready for for Tommy. You know? Yeah. I think that I think that's what they would have done. I think that's why the two fight deal was set up. That's why they had the rematch clause just in case if he lost, and uh, and it was just set up right. Yeah. Well, who knows? I mean, you mentioned Anderson. I think it could possibly be Tito next. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, I mean, just being honest, Tito is not a good boxer um, by any metric. And that's a very winnable fight for Jay. Do you think and they give it to Tito, though, even if Tito lost? Depending on how he looks in the fight. That's true, too. I guess, I guess for Jake... 
regardless of what performance Tito has, it doesn't affect how people will see Tito going into that fight. You know what I mean? No. They'll just be like, oh, he's fighting Tito Ortiz, former UFC champ, you know, fucking, you know, whatever, right? Heavy hitter, you know, whatever. However, they'll fucking promote him, you know? They will have to think outside the box, though, because I think the, the the three big names that I've been seen thrown around are the three guys that we've mentioned. We've mentioned Woodley, Fury, and Anderson Silva. I think they're going to have to go outside the box because they're obviously, I think like the most clear of those three is probably Tommy Fury. Um, but I think if they, they're probably going to have to go outside the box because the reality is, is that not as many people want the Woodley rematch. Tommy Fury probably beats him and he isn't a big enough name in the U.S. And especially coming off of that fight where Anthony Taylor, that was a, not, there wasn't a whole lot of consequences of that fight. It wasn't very good. Um, and Manderson still probably just beats his ass. So like, <laughs> but you know, it, I like, like you said, maybe the Tommy one is it because it makes the most sense in the sense of like now he's finally fighting a real boxer. There'd be no argument after that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if he were to come out here, fight Tommy Fury, have a good performance, it'd be like the argument for him not being a real boxer is kind of over at that point. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I feel like at the same time that would be kind of like a good thing for his marketing, you know, because it'd be like Jay Paul. You beat a real boxer, you know, like there's it, 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 it's kind of like the perfect thing for him, right? If he wins that fight. Yeah. And I, kinda, I think I feel like it'll legitimize him if he beats Tommy Fury. Yeah. And I could I mean, I joked about it. I could see him fighting against Julio Cesar, like Chavez Jr., honestly, or maybe even like this is like a really outside the you box. You can fight Deloya. <laughs> no, 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 no. Oscar would beat that ass. That's no chance. But. You know my outside-the-box take is? And I'm not saying it would be this guy, but, like, a just as an example, a Ricardo Mayorga type. A guy that is severely washed. Like, a guy that is washed to the high heavens, but is a name, is, like, fights at a couple weight classes below, and is probably hurting for cash. Like, I'm not saying this guy, he would take a dive. This is an example. Ricardo Mayorga talked about doing, like, an exhibition, like, recently, because obviously everybody wanted to. Um, and he's, like – I just checked it right now. He's, like, the guy that popped in my head. He's, like, a guy that probably do it. He can hype up the fight. He's 47. And the last time he fought, he got knocked out by a 1-0 guy. God. So, um, I definitely you can make the case for like I don't know like, like you said the team, his team has had like an, like done like an extremely good job. Who knows what kind of natural progression they'll take with him? But I'm sure it'll be the right direction regardless. I, I gotta ask you this much: What do you think his team is doing? Because this is something that actually I think is very and like his camp team, or or his management his, or his camp. Do you think that this is the right camp for him? Because I gotta be honest, man. Like obviously he looked. I, I really gotta question it because like. In the dude, build up, I'll, I'll tell you this. I thought he looked good. You really? Know, I'll be, uh, dude, his what was it? His body shot into a hook combination. I thought that, that was landed, dope. That landed clean, multi, and it looked good. I think, and he went to it multiple times, which, like, he, you see, honestly, from his first fight to this fight, you see his level, his, 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 just his movement. His obviously, he's not gonna have a crazy IQ. He doesn't have a crazy string of combinations yet. You know, there's a lot of things he doesn't do perfectly. Yeah, he probably does. He doesn't know how to roll off punches perfectly yet. He doesn't probably properly shoulder. You know, he doesn't do all these things. But I see him and I see the natural progression. And that and that and that specific combination that I saw, I was like, holy shit! That's probably the best combination any of the YouTube boxers have landed at the time I've been watching. And he just landed it against Tyron Woodley. 
Was it like a knockout? Was it clean? Was it clean? There's a few times that landed, and I was like, okay, okay, that is uh, that is nice. That was clean, you know. Like mm-hmm. the, that that was his like signature move for that night. Obviously, he has to learn a lot more. And uh, for a young guy who, and you know, like I said, everybody talks well about him. Uh, like I said, I listen to Weighing In. Big John knows a couple guys in, in some of those camps, and he says the guys talk well about him. Legitimately, no BS. Like he's legit. Uh, it's a, uh, it's like a. Uh, I think the camp is right. I think he should he shouldn't change. And changing camps is a. You know, it could be a good or bad thing, but it's also sometimes a thing that you need to know when to do too. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's that's. I don't think he needs to change now. Yeah, I only bring it up because I saw in the obviously in the build the boy Lewis saying that he had a bunch of yes men around him and he had a lot of guys kissing his ass. And I think I mean that's oh you're nice always gonna, I feel like he's always gonna have people like that around him though because of his because yeah. of his following. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I saw and I saw some people in the aftermath saying you should switch camps because. You know, for, like Willie should have been a layup, but so on and so forth. But you know, obviously, he's a and, and look, he is a. He kind of had and it's very different because this guy had he came up from amateur doing this. He kind of had the Ryan Garcia kind of build up right with fame, right? Except that Ryan was always a boxer. You know what I mean? And came in with the Instagram following. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he's legit. You know, we've seen it. Whereas Jake. Already had his following and then transitioned to boxing. You know what I mean? So that's kind of like I don't know if you understand, but I'm, I'm, that, that's kind of the parallel I want to make there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and fair enough. And ultimately, yeah, you know, it was definitely, you know, we'll see what happens moving forward. Obviously, there's so many different lanes, different ways this can go. I, I think true, also, I, you know, knowing them, they'll surprise us though. I'm sure they might even surprise us. I think they're going to. I don't know what what's going to be. Fuck, what if he fights Chuck Liddell? I'm sorry. Don't even. <laughs> I'm sorry. Please don't do this to me. I don't think. I don't think they can because the issue is that they're going more and more legit. If they did. What if he fought Fedor? <laughs> Fedor would beat that ass. But you know. I need to stop. I'm sorry. But you know, <laughs> there's so many different lanes he can go down, and there's no clear answer. Um, yeah. So it's very, very strange. Like that's probably a good thing though for him, though, right? Because oh yeah, it's good. I mean, yeah. I I definitely have no idea where they'll go. There's a lot of the names that are throwing out. I I think one or two options is most likely. One of those three, one of two things I should say. What are the three guys to be named? Watch me just announce Tommy KSI, dude. Or Woodley? No, nah, no chance, no chance. No, no, no JJ now. Or, or, um, an old up, well, an old wash boxing guy, JCC Junior. A, uh, a Mayorga type, like one of those older guys, because you can argue, hey, look, now I beat a boxer. And I think his team might be salivating at the thought of, like, washed up Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. Like, just as an example, you know what I mean? Like, is that's a guy that, like, dude, if you, it makes no but sense. Dude, I don't know about that one, though, Josh. Like, I like, look, my whole thing is, at least when Anderson's... you're to fight Silva, who beat his ass... I that that's just because it's within the MMA world and he's older and he fuck he fight he's, he fits that thing. I don't think it makes like the, the natural progression sense, but I feel like they could set it up because of that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And because he's a big name. 
I don't know, man. I don't know, man. It's definitely tough. I don't think they're gonna do Anderson because Anderson's much bigger than me. He'd actually, he would actually beat his ass. But I think like if they do, if they do here to decide as junior. I think that's like more accessible. But I think he would beat him though. That's the thing because he's actually like, like as he, as much as we give boxer, him, but and, and as unfocused as he is, he's like, I'm definitely not gonna lose to a YouTuber. You know what I mean? I think, but also he should have not lost to Anderson though. If we're being completely honest. Yeah, dude. I see. I I've, look. A lot of the MMA community is not backing up my boy Anderson Silva. I want you to know. In that fight, I had full faith going into him for him. Just so you know. Yeah. No, I know. But it's definitely. You know, I think we're spending a bit long on this, but like, it's. No, it doesn't matter. We'll talk about this, Josh. We'll talk fuck about you. This. Fuck, <laughs> fuck you. Uh, the point. Um, it's definitely. It's such a weird place, though, because obviously we mentioned – I think it could be one of those two guys, though. Because the thing about – part of the reason why Silva actually won that fight is because he's actually a lot bigger than Julio. Julio is actually – I mean, I know he's listed at six foot. He's more like 5'10", 5'11". He's probably like um, it's about – that fight took place like 30 pounds south of what he normally fights at. Um, or would it be north? Anyway, 30 pounds normal, like – Heavier than what he fought at is in his prime. I don't know. I don't know fucking directions, okay? Um, but you know my point, and I think they can make that argument for Jake Paul too, because Jake is both. He's also going to be bigger than Julio, but who knows, man? Like if Julio actually gets up for that fight, he should beat his ass. Oh yeah, will he? Yeah, willingly, yeah. So I think he do to I him would, what Canelo did to him in their fight. <laughs> if I were to, if I were to list like a top five, like most likely, it'd be Woodley, Fury, Silva, Chavez, and then no, Chuck Liddell. Nah, not Chuck. I don't think Chuck would do it. Vitor. <laughs> Fuck, I don't even know who that fifth guy would be. Oh, there's some out there. What's his that- name? We- I don't know. I'm all top. I'll just go top four. Fuck it. I, can't, I literally cannot think of like a fifth guy. We'll just we'll insert random washed up MMA fighter here. How about that? That's that's basically it. Shit, maybe Damian Maya. <laughs> you hype for Damian Maya versus Jake Paul, bro? You think you can fight Damian Maya? I don't know. Who knows? I don't know. Could they even afford to get Damian Maya? Could we afford that? <laughs> Could we afford that? I don't know. Jokes what about aside, JDS? <laughs> you think J- you think oh, my God. JDS couldn't make 205, though. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's just such a weird situation because there's no clear answer. Everybody acts like there's a clear answer. Jake's, like, consistently – like he the one time he's mentioned Tommy Fury as, like, a, a viable matchup is at that press conference. He shot it down every other time. So I, I, I don't know. Anderson would beat his ass. By the way, like, next fight, eight rounds, six rounds. What do you think? It has After to that, be. At the, you can't go down, right? Once you fought eight, you can't. Yeah, you, you gotta stay at eight, right? You gotta go. You gotta stay at eight or do ten. Holy fuck! <laughs> Can you imagine? It's true. Ten, you know, you know who's like an outside thing. I, I mean, I not Dylan Dennis. Like, I think he's past that. Point. No, Dylan Dan, Dylan Dennis couldn't even touch him anymore. Now he's it's past no that dispers- point. He's past and, that. And I think now, I think now we know he would beat Dylan too. By the way, but maybe a Bellator guy, not Dylan Dennis, but another Bellator guy. I don't know who it would be. Maybe Actually, AJ McKee. No, no, come on. Not no, I take. Hold on, hold on. I take this back. 
Not AJ who, McKee. No, who could Yo they legit? Okay, who do you think they could legitimately send? Yo Romero actually kind of makes sense, <laughs> depending how he does in his fight against Mr. Wonderful. But who do you think from Bellator legitimately could come make the crossover? Into boxing or in just fighting Jake Paul? To fighting Jake Paul. Fighting Jake Paul? Uh, you know who I'm surprised has not been brought up? This guy's fought in boxing a couple of times. Michael Venom Page. MVP? MVP I would th- fucking kill Jake, dude. Who would beat the, the shit out of Jake? But he <laughs> has... He, he would be... If MVP fought in the UFC, the dude would be a huge star. It's only shitty marketing that is holding it back. Oh, like, yeah. The dude has a highlight reel that is insane. I don't want to hear Maybe they should people. send MVP. <laughs> maybe they shouldn't send MVP. Maybe they shouldn't send MVP. Paul Daly, maybe? Paul Daly? I feel like Paul Daly beats that ass. That's the problem. Is we're, we're like... We've we've peaked. Wait, Jake Paul what, has peaked who's, who's the guy? Who's the guy who's done kickboxing at Bellator? Who's that? Like one short win away from hundred. I can't think of his name right now off the top of my head. Oh, Melvin Manhoff. Is that no? Not Melvin Manhoff. He's a well, he I'm did kick. about that. He did kickboxing. He's one. He's one. He got cucked out of his last hundredth win. He's he's on the older end. John Wayne Parr. John Wayne Parr. <laughs> can we send? No, do you think no they can send? You think they can send John Wayne Parr no to, way. to box Jake? The problem about doing a Bellator guy, I mean, I brought it up, is, like, they have to do a guy like Dylan Danis or, like, a guy with a big name but no chance to win because they peaked out at Woodley fight. If they fought, like I said earlier, if they fought a guy who was even a modicum better, like, even slightly better, anybody, they would have beat his ass. See, the issue is, though, they got to send someone who's not a wrestler next, too. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's such it's such a difficult thing, dude. It's really so difficult. Man, fuck it. We don't know. I think I think we I think we could close out on that because we we've kind of like circled around out on it yeah. a lot. But now we can go ahead and close out on that. We brought it up last week. I have gotten confirmation, Angel, from the and source himself, from the from man the himself. Source himself, Diego Sanchez versus FPS Russia is in current negotiations. I did I did report. I'm still the only person to report on this news. You can Google it. I I'm the right right fucking there on Google. If you Google Diego Sanchez or FBS Russia, we have confirmation. Is it? It is in negotiations. I talked to Diego last night. I got I got permission to share the message. Um, I asked him about it, and he said that uh, I asked him. They sent like an official offer. He said not yet, but I understand they're going through all their options. He has a huge following. It would blow up BKC to another dimension. Big money deal. I hope it happens. And then he called him out on on Twitter with the funniest fucking the funniest thing of all time saying quote who the fuck is kyle myers <laughs> um it was and why are all these wait who said that him? he have you not seen that tweet i no, have seen the one the of, him calling, of him adding him but um the other one i'll, I mean, I'll send it to you as well but he, he asked who the fuck is kyle myers and why yeah i see it i, I see it here that she was jake paul maybe i like russian money where is the offer <laughs> god <laughs> so i'm the only person reporting this i got confirmation of the man itself it is in negotiations kyle said on pka i guess i'm fps russia i'm not sure if he's he said if he does the fight he's probably gonna promote it as dimitri which is really fucking funny to me um but he said that like there was a certain offer he'd do it for there's a certain number that would have to be reached. Probably Based a milli. Of what I've heard, it seems that number may have been reached, or it is in negotiations. What the fuck? <laughs> Can you imagine, Josh, seeing FPS Russia 
YouTube royalty fight Diego Nightmare Sanchez? It's worth noting, too, Russia has... I know he has some training in jiu-jitsu and very little boxing training, but, like, the main reason why he's getting this fight now is because he made his turn into to Twitch where, like, I know he's doing really good numbers. And also, he's fucking jacked now. If you guys have not Googled FPS Russia, just just Google the man. He's just look up FPS Russia buff and go on images. That's all you need. He's he is shredded. He what what like what's some more plates more date shit? Like he is like peeled out of his fucking tree. Okay, dude. Like he is insanely jacked right now. That's the main reason why this fight got negotiated. Like I I don't know for sure if that's exactly why, but like I reached out to Diego, man. I got confirmations. So I'm the only person to like report on this story. So well, who knows? Who knows? Could be coming this time next year. <laughs> Fuck man, what's gonna happen? So Angel, you you <laughs> you think it's gonna happen, right? You know it's gonna. Uh, you know you I don't got, know you, got you got Russia, Russia right? <laughs> you got Russia. Good try. <laughs> Can you imagine a world where FPS Russia beats fucking Diego Sanchez? Come on, Josh. That's what I'm. I mean, Josh. If six months ago I told you FPS Russia and Diego Sanchez are fighting in bare knuckle FC, and I told you that. FPS Russia is going to beat Diego Sanchez. What would you say to me? I knew it was going to happen all along. Yeah, Dimitri's been training in Shaolin yeah, monks. He's been training in temples since he's been four years old, dude. The guy went to a rush. He went to the gulag and he made it out alive. What do you mean? Get out of here, mate. Get dude, if he, here. Does, if he does the fight, he's got to promote it as FPS Russia. He said he might. And, like, his whole plan during the build-up is, like, or not even during the build-up if it happens, but, like, he said that he's going to go on PK with, like, fake contracts, holding one up, like, you're ducking me, Diego, like, fucking. <laughs> okay, okay, we got we to gotta get through this, man, we got to get through this. <laughs> I know, I know, but, yeah, look, I just wanted to go and talk, because we mentioned it very slightly last week, I got in touch with Diego, I confirmed it, it it's, there's there's been talks. Like, shout out Diego, by the way. Shout out Diego, hit me back. At one point, negotiate the talks about having him on the show. It didn't work out, but might be a possibility up, now. <laughs> just I we'll talk about it, but um, about I did hit him up just to go ahead and uh, you know see what was going on. He confirmed there's been talks. So look, man, as far as that goes, as far as the rest of the show goes, is there anything else you want to talk about before we close out? No, I think we got it, man. We covered it pretty well. All right, all right. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of Quiz That's On Off. Uh, I'm at Josh Shonoff. He's at Angel Ortega underscore 01. As always, feel free to go and hit us up there. Feel free to give us a review on iTunes. Feel free to subscribe on YouTube, so on and so forth. Guys, always, and also feel free to go ahead and hit up our sponsors as well, Rogue Energy, amazing sponsor of the show, so on and so forth. Hope you guys enjoyed. Peace and butt grease. Mouse click.